The following program is sponsored by Salt and Pepper Conversation. Welcome to Salt and Pepper Conversations with author and speaker David Savage and Pastor Aaron Thomas. Salt, because as Christians, we're called on to be salt and light in a world of darkness. Pepper, because as men, we struggle with things like hot tempers and dark thoughts. Let's join David and Aaron for today's topic. Good afternoon, friends. We're so glad to have you back with us here at Salt and Pepper Conversations. Yes, we are. Aaron and I decided that we would create this show out of our shared passion for Jesus Christ and to help men of all ages and stages to become better men. That's what we're really about, all of us becoming better men. The purpose of every show is to examine life as a man, and in today's culture, through the lens of the Bible, God's truth and infallible word. Always so, through the Bible. <laughs> so one of my favorite quotes, truly, is by... Edmund Burke, and he said 200-plus years ago, all that is necessary for the triumph of evil is for good men to do nothing. Today's topic is rejecting passivity. Many times when we do nothing, we let others or circumstances dictate decisions or outcomes. It's as problem as old as mankind, because we're going back to Genesis, one of the first chapters of the Bible, and in Genesis 3, 11, 12, it says, And God said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from that tree that I commanded you not to eat from? The man said, The woman you put me here with, she gave me some fruit from the tree and I ate it. Adam's sin was born of passivity. Pastor Aaron, how does... Passivity manifests itself in today's culture. Well, well, first let me uh, say good afternoon as well, Dave. And uh, you did it again, man. You continue to pick these uh, topics that men do not want to deal with. Uh, male passivity. Well, you know, the way I look at it, passivity um, can stem from a good or bad foundation, uh, seen depending on how you use it. But here, like in today's society, it's a bad thing, just like it was in uh, in the scripture you shared with Adam. I mean, if you really look at the passage that you decided to share and really chew on what's going on in that situation, you can easily say that the thing that led to the very first sin was passivity. I mean, Adam did nothing, right? Being silent when he uh, should have spoke up, right? He, He, God gave Adam a home, a job, a wife, and a command to have dominion over everything and to subdue it, bring it all under godly control. And as a passive man, as Adam was being, holding back, not acting, yielding to an external influence, right? Adam did nothing. He stood there. Right. Uh, In this situation, his wife, he was watching his wife have a harmful conversation. He was watching an animal speak. He was going against everything he knew, but yet he still chose to do nothing. And men today are battling that passivity. What should I do? And they're choosing to do nothing. They're choosing to, I I call it this extended adolescence. And and it's not just young men. It's men of all ages today. Man, it's kind of crazy. And we really have to see this as a spiritual issue, right? And a man issue, right? The the fact that you chose that passage shows that it starts with us. It started with Adam not doing what he was supposed to do. When men don't do what they're supposed to do, 
That's how evil prevails. Right? That's how evil prevails. Exactly. You said it best. Well, you and I have been going through this terrific program uh, by Robert Lewis called the Better Man Program. And he talks about wounds that we have. And unfortunately, today, absent father wound is a big one because yeah. dads just aren't around. They, I think the statistic is something like 41% of boys in homes today are being raised without a male figure. 41%. And then that leads to another wound that's quite common, and that's the overbonded-to-mother wound. It results in a passive adult male. By accepting and growing dependent on mom's smothering attention, a man looks to other women to take care of him. So he's looking for another mommy, not like a partner and right. a helper. His wife will become exhausted because she has to lead and take all the initiative in the home. The dependent male may turn to pornography and sexual fantasy to find out what he thinks is a safe place to assert his will with a woman. Aaron, how can a man with this wound, this overbonded mother wound, overcome it and become a better man? Well, you know, this wound is like uh, most wounds. It's physical. It's emotional. Um, you know, the relationship between a, a son and a mom can be healthy. But like you said, when it becomes this wound, where when a man doesn't sever or allow the umbilical cord to be severed, uh, he, he becomes passive. He becomes reliant on someone. It's not just in the area of the mom. It's in other areas of his life. But that's generally where it, it first manifests in men today. When men passively reject their calm responsibility in life, uh, like which Adam did, right? Uh, they they miss their purpose. You know, as you said, we've been going through this uh, better man thing. As a matter of fact, it's part of uh, what has motivated us to do this show, to really go after men, because that's how God established the system of things. It's not that men are better than women, but men are called to be better in their relationship, better leaders to lead and show their wife by example, right? Equal in creation, different in station. So, how we raise our children, how we, you know, what is the uh, courageous call? Follow God's word, right? Yep. Love and protect God's woman, excel at God's work and better God's world. And and you said in better God's world in reference to our children, better God's world in reference to other men as well, you know, because as we think about our male children and what they're missing. Like you said, it's up to 41% um, absentee fatherism in the home. Right. That, that's one of the statistics. Mm -hmm. I was, and it might even be greater uh, uh, today. Um, but we look at these statistics and we look at these situations. Dads are missing. Men are dependent on mom. Uh, they get this this unhealthy relationships and moms try to overcompensate, whether they be a single mom. Right. Or uh, a, a mom with a, a, a dad who's out being a provider and not being a father, not leading and guiding and growing this young man to be a man, showing him, hey, a man's supposed to work. But there's so much more to biblical manhood. There's so much more to being a better man. You know, men, we weren't created uh, to be passive. You know, God created us uh, to do, uh, to lead, uh, to guide. He he. Taught, he taught, taught us to uh, live bold and courageous life as men of action, rejecting passivity, uh, unless it's to bring glory to him. And, you know, and I'll touch on that later on, because surrendering to God, Jesus surrendered to God. And that's the only that's a passive, positive action, allowing God to lead and guide you. But mostly we surrender 
uh, passively to our own will, to our own want and our own desire, staying in our own laziness because of fear, inadequacy, whatever is being perpetuated in our lives at the time. But as men of God, as better men, we, we're, we're called to action. We're called to pray, to preach, to encourage, to love, to free, uh, to flee from sexual immorality, right? You're talking about pornography and put to death the components of our earthly nature, this sexual immorality, this impurity, this lust, these evil desires. That's what it tells us in, in Colossians, right? That's an action. You can't be passively passive and succeed at those things. You have to be intentional. Well, I think surrender is an intentional act, and it's not easy. No, we have sir. to surrender every day. Every day I get up and I think my will. You know, that's the way we're born. That's our inherent sinful nature. So I'm going to do it my way. I think I can make the difference myself. And then you struggle and you get skinned up and you make mistakes and you fall down. And you're like, God, uh, sorry, uh, I'm going to give you control again. I'm surrendering. <laughs> it's not <laughs> passive. It's actually acknowledging higher power because really what we're all after is maximum power. And that men were designed to have maximum power, but it's through Christ. It's that supernatural power that we really, you know, should be striving for. Let, let's go to the other end of the Bible. We 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 used an example in Genesis and in Revelation. You know, at the, at the back end of the Bible, there's another reference to how our Lord feels about passivity, and this one's kind of frightening. In Revelation three sixteen, it says, "So because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold." I am about to spit you out of my mouth. And to think that our Lord and Savior would spit us out of his mouth, you know, and not want us anymore because of our lukewarmness. And this is the problem, because we wait for circumstances to dictate a solution or an outcome instead of right. taking charge and, and asserting, you know, God's will and what we should be doing and leading, whether it's in the home, however you want to express that. I wanted to tell you a story just this weekend you know i had a couple of young men over at our house and we were talking about immigration you know okay. immigration's a big deal right now in texas this border problem and these uh, young men are first generation their families you know brought them here they were they've become citizens and the more talkative one you know he, he's pretty cocky he's young <laughs> like when we when we were he thinks he he knows it all and he's like man you know i just feel sorry because there's another friend of mine who was Born in Mexico, he's a Mexican citizen, and then he was brought over here as an illegal immigrant, and he was three years old. So he's grown up here in Texas, still illegal. He gets a DUI, and then they find out he is not documented. He's an undocumented alien, and he gets deported. And I just feel so bad for that guy because, you know, that just doesn't seem fair. And I said, well, what difference does fair make in this? We have a law, and a law says it's this or it's that. And if we don't have the rule of law, if it doesn't mean something, you know, then laws are meaningless. There have to be, you know, consistently interpreted and enforced. So you can't have law enforcement based upon circumstantial feelings of fairness. But yet, that's what young men and most of our younger generation, seemingly to me, I'm not, I'm not being universal in a and trying to apply this to everyone, but they just want, I, I like the compassion. It's good to be compassionate. And right. if you, if you want to go change laws and go change laws and let's work it through the process. But what does being a citizen mean? I asked him and I said, you can't have that opinion and, and then have citizenship mean anything. So 
how can young men listening out there, better yet, all men listening out there <laughs> on our radio audience, rediscover what it means to have the courage of convictions to stand, to stand strong on their faith and confidence in one's beliefs? Wow. Okay. Well, first, I want to make a statement. I want to make a very broad statement. Men today not knowing God or having men of God around to show them a biblical manhood miss it. Ergo, the wounds that you were earlier talking about, and I said there's all other types of wounds. And, and while you, you, you then went again and stepped into it like you always do, Dave, uh, rolling up people, they're going to they're going to hear this, and a lot of people are going to get caught up on the immigration. Uh, aspect of what you said, and we hope our listeners understand that that's what this is about. We're talking again about passivity, and in the story you shared, it, it, it has passivity all over it. Um, it has people, men, being lukewarm and doing nothing or expecting something from doing nothing, right? And uh, our, our one, I, I have some points to what you were, uh, when you were saying that, I was thinking to myself, like, our government who knows that the immigration situation has been a growing problem, but they have passively dealt with it and done nothing, right? Like this, the men in charge have passively done uh, nothing about it. And then uh, without making necessary changes, without enforcing it properly to deal with it, so people don't respect the law because the people of the law, right, are passively dealing with, with it. Two, you have the people that are here illegally based on current laws who for fear have passively dealt with their citizenship, right? The fact of the matter, you said 20 years. How many years do I need to go, hey, I need to take care of this? Because a problem not not dealt with is not a problem that's going to go away. It's a problem that's going to get worse. And if I passively pursue this situation and then run into it at its worst stage, well, there goes being deported, being sent back because of laws that haven't been uh, uh, adjusted or dealt with, but have to be respected. The law is the law, right? And and, But because people passively handle their situations or passively deal uh, with uh, or don't deal with something because of negative repercussions, because of uh, families or friends or whatever, for not getting bold and aggressively involved. You know, I, I even put down here that the church... Uh, a man of God in the Preach church, it, right, <laughs> are, 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 are passive in their uh, taking care of and getting involved, right? We are our brother's keepers, right? Uh, we need to, uh, as you said, have the courage or the convictions and make sure that we line up with God first. You know, it's like not being lukewarm, but being bold, right? Uh, when When we as men do this, we won't be passive in the sense of not doing what is necessary or right or fighting with the laws that are right. We, because we're not sitting back passively by hoping that something happens. We're intentionally involved in our lives and in the lives of men around us affecting change. This is an issue, right? We could stay on the topic of, uh, of uh, immigration and have a whole show on that. But the issue is passivity. The issue is men doing what men uh, are supposed to do, whether it be the, uh, those that have the ability to change the laws, right? Those that come that are here and understand that there are laws required to be here and going to and doing what is necessary to make sure that they're allowed to stay here, right? It, but it's passivity. Somebody expecting and waiting for something external to change their lives rather than embracing who you are in Christ 
and going and doing what you're supposed to do, right? Because like Adam, he knew what was right and he didn't do it. To know what to do and not do it is sin. Well, let me tell you a, a perfect example I heard. I uh, unfortunately, actually, we'll get into that. You know, I went through a divorce and I'm going to a divorcing parents seminar class. And the guy that was teaching the class, I was in Corpus Christi at the time. There's a very high bridge where uh, the oil tankers can get under. And a lot of people in that community were very uncomfortable driving over that high bridge. They would actually drive all the way around the bay to keep from driving over the high bridge because they had a, a fear of heights. Uh, yeah, not me. I hate traffic. I'm going to go the shortest way. But so he said, look, and I'm an engineer. I've designed bridges. You know, if you look at that bridge, that high bridge, you know, how many people he asked in the room, raise your hand. Let's, who's uncomfortable just driving over that bridge just the way it is? And there were maybe 50% of the people in My that room were, were raising their hand. Then he said, okay, now let's take the guardrails off of that bridge. And it's the same surface. The road surface is there. The stripes are all there, everything else. But the guardrails are gone. Now you can just see right over the edge how many people would be uncomfortable driving over the same physical road surface there. But without the rails. And then maybe, you know, 20% more hands, you know, went up. So now we're getting, you know, <laughs> above 50, 60%. Then he goes, okay, now take the stripes out of the road. It's just a road surface. That's all there is. It's the same width. Both cars can fit on it. But how many people would be uncomfortable driving over that? And almost everybody raised their hand and said, you know, I would not right? want to drive over that bridge. Because guess what? People like boundaries. Children like boundaries. We like to know where is the road. All right, I, this is my stripe. This is my side. I know where I'm supposed to be. That's a good you know, these, these are the these are the guardrails. I have some protection, and that's what laws are intended to be for society. This isn't like punitive. This is just because people need to know where they stand, and this is passivity. That's why we call it salt and pepper, black and white. We need to know where we stand, and so let's just be more personal, Aaron. I'll tell you. Look, I struggled. I struggled with sin as a young man. And I think just like young men Amen. today. And, and I struggled with sexual sin. And so I personally was passive in the relationship that led to my first marriage. You know, we're all sexual beings. And I was interested in sexual relations with women outside of marriage as a sinful young man. And when you start down that road, you have already committed the most intimate part of yourself to that relationship, putting the cart before the horse. And by the time you find out the compatibility problems, you become reluctant to break off the relationship, even though there's a sea of red flags before you. I was passive and went along ignoring those red flags, settling on less than the best because I liked the sexual relation and I didn't want to give that up. Even though I knew that that relationship had many, many things that were indicating that that wasn't the right person for me to marry. It wasn't a bad person, but the compatibility issues were really there. And uh, so I was passive. I went along... That marriage, regrettably, ended in divorce, which has had lifelong consequences for my children. I still have great children. We've done the best. She was a good mother. I think I was a good father. But divorce has wrecked our society because now people don't want to be married. And marriage is one of the foundational institutions because that is the nucleus of the family that is the brick and the mortar and the foundation of our whole society. So, Aaron, how does sexual sin handcuff us or take our strength away like Samson's was taken by Delilah. <laughs> Good way to put it, man. You're, you're, you're touching on a lot of issues and, and it still comes back to our, our, our topic of uh, passivity. You know, uh, what is a man supposed to do? Who is a man? How, what, 
uh, how he was created, what what he is supposed to do. You know, your statement's true that we are sexual beings, but before before we're that, before we even understand that, uh, be, before anything, we are God's workmanship, right? And as a man, we have to learn and understand that. And just like um, uh, me, I, I'm sure you had some introduction into God. But because God wasn't taught as the supreme authority, you watched your father. I didn't know my father, but the men in my life, I watched, right? And, of course, they, too, were sexually uh, uh, working in their sexualness, sexuality. It was the drawing factor. But God created us with a plan and a purpose. He fearfully and wonderfully made us. Our, the passivity, our passivity that manifests in our personal relationship is the direct result of our spiritual passivity and attitude toward God and his word. I truly believe that. When, if we sought God with purpose and intention to find out our purpose and, and what we're intended for, uh, it wouldn't, our, our sexual self would not dominate our life where the Bible clearly says, uh, uh, points out. I mean, I think about it when I think about men and it talks about freely lustful desires to put you, bring your body in subjection. It's a true battle, but the battle rages because of our passivity in getting to know what we were created for. And to do that, you have to go to the creator and our relationship with women, the result uh, in us sinning against our own bodies, against our own purpose, against God, just like, as you said, Samson did, right, when you don't submit to God. Samson knew and didn't submit. Uh, so let me just say this. You know, when you said, uh, as, as we started with Adam, just standing there, you said, red flags, right? Red flags. A you were sea of about, them. He, Adam had, <laughs> uh, this is what Adam had. He had the red flag, his wife talking to a certain a serpent, red flag, his wife entertaining the talk of a serpent, the red flag, a conversation that went against the word of God because we know Adam was standing right there and could hear the same thing Eve was hearing. We touch on that next show. A red flag, a wife reaching for something that would kill her and you, but yet we took it. We were, he was passive, right? And, and that's it. We, we, we see all these red flags, but because we want to eat the fruit, so to speak, we, we want to participate in what our woman we, we We buy the lie, right? We, we buy, buy the, the lie. lie. Right, exactly. You can be like God if you uh, eat this. Look, it's simple. As hard as this uh, is, courageously reject passivity to become the better man and do uh, what is necessary to submit to God. That what the greatest man in history already did, we too can do if we follow his footsteps. And that's Jesus. That's right. It's always about Jesus. And I just want to reiterate, Aaron mentioned it earlier on our program, our our definition here at Salt and Pepper Conversations of what a real man is, a real man courageously follows God's word, loves and protects God's woman, woman. excels at God's work, and betters God's God's world. world. Amen. Okay, so look, we know it's a struggle. We ignore red flags. We're easily tempted by... Satan and his many uh, evil schemes, but what we can do and what we should do always is pray. So let's just close this out with a prayer. Amen. Dear, dear Heavenly Father, we just uh, we thank you for this opportunity to reach other men. I don't know where they are, if they're driving in their cars or what intimate situation you can be listening to the radio alone with your thoughts, 
and a voice that's just coming over the air. And what we're trying to do is be wiser, older men who got nicked up, skinned up a little bit in life, and just share some of this wisdom with these younger men out there who are struggling in this fog of confusion where even gender, even gender is, is a multiple-choice test. That is a lie from the pit of hell. And we just ask that you would help every man born a man to reject it and to step up and claim his maleness and that yes, masculinity Lord. is a good thing yes, and that our society needs leaders and yes. men to step up and to yes, lead their families, to be spiritual leaders in the home. And we just ask that Raise all those up, out Lord. there Raise who can up. hear my voice will hear yours and, and answer this call to reject passivity. In Christ's name, amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to Salt and Pepper Conversations with David Savage and Pastor Aaron Thomas. Tune in next time as we tackle more tough topics to train a generation of better men. You can contact David and Aaron through Salt and Pepper Conversations at gmail.com. That's Salt and Pepper Conversations at gmail.com. 